Hey, Bridge City Church, Pastor Nick here. So excited to spend this time with you. Uh, it was great worshiping God, obviously. Always so thankful for all the amazing individuals that use their gifts to lead us into the presence of God. Uh, I'm excited to have the opportunity to preach uh, today because recently, actually a few weeks back, we had a series entitled The Way, the Truth, the Life. And it was about that statement that Jesus made in John 14, verse 6. And he said that, I am the way, the truth, the life, and nobody can come to me except the Father. And we talked a lot about you know, him encouraging the disciples and letting them know that, that he's still going to be able to work through them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And there was a lot of what ifs. And the disciples were confused and, and obviously didn't know what was going on, even though Jesus had told them numerous times. And that series really impacted me. It, it got me to really spend some time with God and, and ask some questions. And one of the questions that I asked constantly after that series wrapped up was, what's next? I mean, the disciples knew that Jesus was going to give his life on the cross uh, but they were even asking that question, what's next? And before the Holy Spirit got there, they were, they were kind of scared and confused. And obviously, we have more of the story than the disciples even did. We know. We know that Jesus gave his life on the cross. We know that, that he rose again. We know that we got the gift of the Holy Spirit. But even us here and now, we may ask that question, what's next? What do we do now? We've met Jesus, we've received him into our life, we've, we've repented of our past. Uh, maybe some of you haven't done that yet, and I'm praying that you do today. But that question's always going to come up in our walk with God. What's next? And I turn to the Word of God when I ask questions. And Proverbs 3 was something that really just got a hold of my heart a few days and, and after that series wrapped up and, and ever since. And I really enjoy the, the first two verses here. And I'm going to read them. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. You know, so many times we, we try to overcomplicate things. We get stuck in ruts that, that maybe we've created in our own life. And the Bible gives us such a clear and concise way to walk through life. And the first thing that we hear in Proverbs 3 is we just need to store His commands in our heart. We need to store His promises in our heart. And that is what is going to get us through so many things of life. So many circumstances in life. So many issues in life, if we would just store the promises of God in our heart that we could draw upon as an endless well of knowledge and wisdom, our life will then be satisfying. I don't know about you, but I want a life that's defined as satisfied. You know, we often look for satisfaction in all the wrong places, but the Word of God tells us that if we draw upon the promises of God in our life, our life will be a life that's full of satisfaction. It'll be a life that, that is fully satisfied. And to go on in Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4, it says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So many times in our life, we're so worried about 
uh, what people think of us. We're so worried about our reputation in the eyes of man. But the Word of God tells us that we need to look at our reputation before Him. And what does He say about us? And if we continue to walk in kindness and have that be the overflow of our heart, we're promised by God that we will have a life that's full of favor from Him and a life that's full of favor before people as well. Now, these are really practical things that we get to walk out after knowing who we are in Christ. In verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take. Listen, there's going to be times in our life where, where we don't know which way to necessarily go. We don't know all the directions. We don't know all the turns. We don't know all of those things. But if we still ourselves and seek God in every single circumstance, He promises to meet us. He promises us to give us an understanding on where we're being led to. So what's next? Still yourself before God. Trust in Him. Continue to walk in kindness and love and your life will be satisfied through Him. You know, I'm a, a simple person, and I don't mean stupid. I just mean I, I like things to be in a certain order. I like to be able to take steps, and I like to have bullet points. And I put together a few bullet points for us today just for us to understand how we walk in the promises of God, how we walk through what may be next. And it's really simple. And the first is to be with God. Talk with God. Listen to God. And thank God. You know, anytime I put things in order like that, uh, you know, I think of it as a, a multiple step plan. Maybe it's one, two, three. And, you know, I always think of the Brian McKnight song where he sings a few steps. And once he gets to step four, he says, repeat steps one through three. And this is exactly the same thing. We need to be with God. We need to talk with God. We need to listen to God. And we need to thank Him every single day. And then we repeat it. We want to be with Him. We want to talk with Him. We want to listen to Him. And we want to thank Him. But I want to unpack these four statements. How do we truly be with God? This word be is something that we use all the time. Just be. I'm going to be there. Or I'm going to be with you. Or I'm going to be able to be present. I said be twice there. And it's just a word that we use and we don't even think about sometimes. But words are amazing. If you actually look up the definition of be, it means to exist. So if we're going to be with God, we need to exist with God. Without Him, we don't have an existence. Now, I took looking up that def definition of the word be to another level and started looking up synonyms for the word be. And this really took my mind for, for a trip, and I, I never even thought about this. This simple word, be, and a synonym word for that is to abide, to exist, to live, and to breathe. So if we're going to be with God, that's where we find our existence. If we're going to be with God, that's where we find our abode. That's where we live. And if we're going to say we're going to be with God, that is what gives us breath. That's what gives us life. That's what helps us to be able to be anything. 
So when I say be with God, I'm not just saying that I want you to just sit down and and read your devotional and, and maybe pray a little bit. No, I want you to exist because of Him. I want you to abide in Him. I want you to to have breath, to have what gives you life because of being with Him. That's such a simple word, but if we actually walk it out and understand that if we're to be with God, that means we're to exist. Joshua chapter chapter 1, verse 9 says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Exist living in strength and courage. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Do not exist in a place that constantly lives in fear and discouragement. But do exist in a place that's constantly full of strength and courage. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So if you want to say, I'm going to be able to be somebody who says that they're going to be with God, that needs to be your existence. That needs to be where you live. That means, needs to be what gives you breath. So the first step is truly to be with God. The second one is talk with God. I could have said pray, but I, I want you to learn how to just talk to Him. Have a conversation with God. A lot of people get really stuck in, oh, I don't know how to pray. I can't pray as eloquently as you or as Pastor Rick or as Pastor John or, or one of our worship leaders. No, you can't because I know you know how to talk. Just talk with God. Have a conversation with Him. Every time that question, what's next? What do I do next? comes up in our life, we should know that we just need to be with God and just talk with Him. Psalm 91, verse 15 says, when they call on me, I will answer. So my question to you, if you're asking the question in your life, what's next? I'm going to ask you, when's the last time you called on God? When's the last time you spoke with Him? When's the last time you had a real, open, honest conversation with your Father in Heaven. Maybe you never have. Maybe it's something that seems hard for you. I want to challenge you. If you're going through something right now, if you're trying to walk through something and you don't know what the next step's going to be, take time and talk with your Father. Just have a conversation. And He's there to listen. When you call, He's going to answer. He's not going to send you to voicemail. He's not going to screen His calls. He's going to be so excited that one of His children is talking with Him. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Ask me, and I will, I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. It's amazing to me that God knows everything. He knows from the beginning to the end and everything in between. So why wouldn't we want to talk with Him? If we're asking the question, what's next? He's the one that knows the answer. He's the one that's going to be able to reveal to you all of these steps that you get to take. And it starts by being with Him 
and it's continued by talking with him. And he wants to reveal those things to his children. He wants to take that time and invest in your life even more so than he already has. He wants to be able to be that person in your life that you go to when you need to know the next step. So we are charged to be with God, to talk with God. Now what do we do? This one is one of the hardest ones out of all of the ones that I've mentioned. We need to listen to God. Listening is one of the hardest traits to master. Because we're very quick to talk. We're very quick to talk as opposed to listen. And I want to encourage you that if you've never been someone that has been defined as a good listener, start with God. So how are some practical ways that we can listen to Him? Number one, still yourself. Find that place where every distraction is removed. Find that place where you're not going to be interrupted. Hide your phone. Put the technology away. Have your Bible with you. Maybe a notepad to journal. And you will be shocked at what you hear. So many times we get stuck in thinking that, that we're going to hear this audible voice speak down from heaven, but no, you're going to hear this still small voice if you try, if you put yourself in a position to listen. But too often we, we're trying to listen and there's so many distractions going on around us. The kids are running around, the dog's barking, our spouse may be trying to talk to us. We're in a car trying to drive and, and we think that we're stealing ourselves. No, we're not. There's still distractions. So if you've had trouble listening, I'm urging you, I'm imploring, please find a place where you can remove all the distractions, all the stuff around you and listen to God. And you'll be shocked at what you hear. Luke 11, verse 28 says, Jesus replied, But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. If you have trouble listening, and you have trouble stilling yourself before God and removing distractions and not allowing for things to keep you distracted, open up His Word. Start there. Start hearing what He's already spoken to you in His written Word. And start to speak that over your life. The more you hear it, the more you'll be able to walk it out. So we have to be with God. We get to talk with Him. And we get to listen. So what's the final step? The final step, step is simple. Thank Him. Live a life that is overflowing with thanksgiving. 
Church, it's my prayer that, that we would live a life that would be an example of how thankful we are of who we are and who He is. And that we would live a life that causes us to be thankful because we recognize who we would be without Him. So, if you're going through one of those instances where you don't know what's next, I want you to look back at that last time you were in one of those what, what's next situations and thank Him for showing up that time and the time before that and the time before that. People ask me all the time, how, how can you remain faithful through certain situations? And it's really simple. Because every time that I've gone through something in my past, God has shown up. So it helps me to understand that looking back, I know how faithful God is. And it helps me to look forward knowing how able He is to do it again. So we need to live a life that's constantly thanking Him. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I want to first look at the beginning part of that verse. It says, Be thankful in all circumstances. That word all literally means exactly what you think it means. Everything. No matter what you're going through, the Word of God tells us to be thankful. No matter what circumstance you're in, no matter what diagnosis you just received, no matter what financial crisis you may be going through, no matter what's going on at work or what's going on at home, God calls us to be thankful no matter what. So if you're asking the question, what do I do now? Be thankful. What's the next step? Be thankful. How am I going to get through this? That's the wrong question. The question should be, God, how are you going to show up in this process? God, what are you trying to do within me? Remaining thankful is a game changer. And it says, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And I have a question. Do you belong to Him? Do you belong to Christ? Not parts of you, not just Sundays or Wednesdays if you're a part of a connection group or Monday through Saturday. No, do, do you completely belong to Christ? Everything. If you do, this is God's will for you. If you don't, now's your time. Now's your time to fully give yourself to Christ just as He gave Himself for you. So, I don't know where you're at in life right now. I don't know what circumstances you may be going through, but I know that the first step for all of us was to receive what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. So if you don't have a day, a time, a place where you fully believed in your heart that He is Lord, 
where you've confessed with your mouth, where you've repented of your past, accepted His forgiveness, and asked Him to be Lord into your future. Today can be your day. And I want you to do really something that's so simple. And I want you to say the words, Father God, I come to you and repent of my past. And Lord, I accept what you did on the cross for me. And I want to walk in the forgiveness that the cross provided. Father God, I ask for you to become the Lord of my life. That means the boss. Lord, lead me into my future. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'm so excited for you. I'm excited for you to get to walk out this life with Jesus. And everybody else that's listening to my voice, I'm so excited for you all to live out this four-part plan to be with God, to constantly be talking with God, to be able to still yourself and listen to Him, and to live a life full of thanksgiving. Those four steps will get you through every circumstance that life has to throw. And you can walk through them with great joy because you know who you are in Christ. Church, it's an honor and privilege as always to get to share the Word of God with you. I pray that you have a blessed week and that when you ask that question, what's next, you know exactly what to do. Have a great week, church.